When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'll see who's 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 rolling. Usually there's athletes there, there's coaches there. And if they historically are good shooters, I will bet with them. If they're not good shooters historically, I'll bet a little book. So I bet the field. But you got a little book, uh uh July 2017. Uh this guy is a good shooter. I mean, it's the same odds every <laughs> time. There's always like there's nothing better than a a hot shooter at a crap stable. You just gotta find it. What's up, everyone? I'm CJ McCollum, and you are listening to The CJ McCollum Show. However, things are a little different this week. This is a Hoop Collective collaboration with the great Brian Windhorse. Obviously, we're joined by Izzy Gutierrez, as always. We have lots to talk about. I'll let Brian take the reins right now. I heard he has lots <laughs> for us to discuss. One well, of the things that... Go ahead. I got a quick oh, question ahead, before CJ. you guys start. You guys, Have you guys ever watched uh, BoJack Horseman? No. No. Oh, man. I wish one of you would have said yes. There's this one character in there. His name's Mr. Peanut Butter. And he's uh, always asked his first, like the whole first season, his big gimmick is, what is this, a crossover episode? And so every time I get the chance to say it, I have to say it. I'm sorry. Go watch BoJack Horseman. It's one of the funniest shows you ever. Know, I've known I've known Israel. Back, back when I met him, he went by Israel. I've known Izzy Gutierrez for like 15 years. And he always he always brings up stuff like that. But I have no idea. Just random about. cartoons. It's usually cartoons. Bob's Burgers. <laughs> Bojack Horseman, something of that effect. Um, CJ, you are in San Antonio right now. You just flew in from um, from New Orleans. You guys had a home game, so it's. Or do we do we say it's it's Tuesday? I like to no, say it we're on my podcast. Yeah, no, I tell I like the truth. It, yeah, because we look like fools, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. But by the time they hear this, we'll have already played two games. Probably have won two games, and then it'll be different, right? I like it. All right. So I think you probably have one of the craziest schedules of any player in the NBA right now. Um, Mm. Because in addition to being uh, playing your in-season, you're traveling. Um, You're the president of the players union during right now. There's negotiations going on. I'm not asking you to tell me what's going on in the negotiations. I know you can't. What is your time? Like, how do you, how do you manage your time? Like, like, how do you stay briefed on that? Because, like, I feel like you tell me if I'm wrong here. Normally, I feel like the negotiations are usually going on in the summer. And it's like it's turkey sandwiches and potato salad in boardrooms at like five star <laughs> hotels in New York. But now the season's going on because there's like a deadline. I don't want to get into all the machinations because it's boring. There's a deadline in December. But like, how are you keeping up with all that? Like, How are you managing your time? Yeah, uh, that is a great question. I think the cool part is that there's 24 hours in a day. Sometimes I wish there was more. Um, I do, honestly. I think I read a lot of emails. Um, I'm constantly reading emails to the tune of in the ice tub, in the steam room, getting out of the steam room. I'm just constantly absorbing as much information as possible. Obviously, we know it's happened in the league the last few weeks. So I was responding to emails at times I probably shouldn't have been responding to emails, you know, like halftime of games, like making sure that everything is okay. Like making sure that we're the the state of the union, the state of the NBA is in a, in a great spot. I think we've obviously moved past um, the Kyrie stuff. We're in the middle of CBA negotiations. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to discuss. There's a lot of potential changes that we could see in our league for 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 the betterment of the league in terms of the players, in terms of the NBA, in terms of the fans. I think we're heading in the right direction. But I say all this to say that you're right. The summertime is normally when it's easier to do negotiations. It's easier to organize schedules. Players kind of have more flexibility to join calls, to be in places in person right now. When when I'm free, you got a bunch of other teams that are playing. When I'm not free, you got a, a bunch of other guys that are free. So tr- from an organizational structure standpoint, it is tough. But we've been organizing calls behind the scenes, scheduling Zoom calls. I obviously talk to Tamika every other day, sometimes every day, especially when things come up that need to be addressed and we need to have a player's point of view on. Um, I think 
like you said before, there are some dates that are coming up um, for the casual fan is December 15th. Um, but I think we're in a great spot. I really, truly do. I haven't, haven't talked to Adam a lot. Obviously, I speak to Adam once a week. He talked about scheduling, not just for CBA, but I'm on competition committee. I'm speaking to the referees about how Zion needs more free throws. I'm constantly, <laughs> and I'm being honest, Zion does need more free throws, um, considering the fact that he doesn't really shoot the ball outside the paint very often. But I think looking at my schedule, I work for ESPN. I'm a father. I'm the starting point guard on a team that has championship aspirations at some point. Like there's a lot going on, but I think I just manage my time effectively. I own a vineyard. I have a wine coming out here shortly soon. It's going to be a Chardonnay I'll release. So it's like, I have a lot going on. I try to really maximize my time and take advantage of the blessings God has given me. And I have a lot of people to help kind of ease the load on me from a strategic organizational structure and flow standpoint to where I know my schedule. I know when I have calls before this call, I was on the phone with Adam, Byron, Kyle Lowry, um, Chris Paul, Evan, you know, talking about the status of the league, where we're at, how the game is continuing to grow, what does next season look like for us, how's the take foul going, um, looking at the competitive balance across the league. Like, so I'm constantly involved in the development of the game and potential changes that we may make. Yeah, Can so you like, describe you the Chardonnay. Yeah. Can you describe the Chardonnay real quick that you're about to release? You want it's it's sensational. Um, no, nope. this <laughs> is it more this buttery is, or more oaky notes because it's very specific. I don't, specific like, on I don't like wine, CJ. So that, there's that's wow. where I'm at. Sorry, I'm really uh, sorry to hear that. So, um, do I do I even give you a bottle still at this point? Like, would you? Would, no, I'll take his. I'll take I mean, his. Not, I mean, I appreciate the, the 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 thought. But. Is he? You're going to love this Chardonnay. I'm not even going to describe right. to you the tasting notes of it, but okay. to stay, if you're familiar with Oregon Chardonnays, it's this is. This is legit. This is legit stuff. Honestly, I, if this wasn't my wine, and I don't say this very often about other things, like I would buy this for considerably more money, even if it wasn't okay. my wine. For what I'm going right. to charge for it, I'm sold. But, I mean, I still expect my couple of bottles for free, but I'm sold. What I'll, is oh, it you called? Have to buy it. What's it called, CJ? I mean, I've seen it. I know you've talked about it before. I just don't remember. No, offense. my wine label is McCollum Heritage ninety one. As it stands, my wife and I just purchased three hundred eighteen acres to build out our own vineyard. Um, so oh, even nice. though you don't drink Where? wine in Oregon, and, in Oregon, yeah, Carlton actually in Carlton, like right outside of Portland, about a fifty minute drive outside of Portland. Uh, we're going to be building out a vineyard. Um, we're actually in the process of it now. We put, we planted seven acres, but that's like the legacy play that's like down the road right now i'm currently releasing wines uh in partnership with adelstein i bought grapes through 2026 2027 something like that Unbelievable. okay um let me ask you this before i really want to get in the fun stuff uh how much has the cryptocurrency thing and the crash of the cryptocurrency prices how much is this a topic in the locker rooms because i know that Bitcoin and crypto was a thing that NBA players, all athletes, I, frankly, a lot of people, not just folks with money, but especially folks with money, got into in the last couple of years. Is this is this something people are talking about? Is this something people are worried about? You know, what you know, what's going on with that? I had more of those conversations um, when I was with the Portland Trailblazers. This is a younger team that I'm on, so you got a lot of yeah, guys. Trey doesn't have Trey sure. and Herb don't have crypto. Herb is not spending a dollar. I can assure you, Herb is Herb is <laughs> never he's never going to go broke. You talk about a guy who went to school, you know, at Alabama. He's very reserved, very to himself. Uh, um, pre-game meals, he's eating at the facility. Post-game meals, he's eating at the facility. Like he takes very good care of himself financially and, and very good care of himself physically. Trey is super sharp. He's gifting guys books. He gifted um, Najee. I was in the shower. Ironically, shower conversation here for you. Um, and Najee was like, "I'm going to go home and read a, and read this book." And I was like, "What book are you reading?" He was like, uh, uh, "Not giving a f um, something like that." I said, "Oh, the sub to art, not giving a fuck." He was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to go home and read that." I said, "Who gifted you?" He said, "Murph gave it to me." So like. These are the guys that are like tapping into the intellectual side, like slowly yeah. but surely. They play like word games on their phone with, e with each other. They're competitive. But the only people that I think may have bought crypto, and this is me guessing, like I don't know for sure. Z probably bought some. BI probably bought some. I bought a lot. Um, and I go with some of our staff probably as well as, you know, you know, the front office may have dabbled with it a bit. But in Portland, it was a topic of conversation very often. Like guys were trading trading daily with the stock um in terms of the crypto uh, i i literally was getting calls from players 
talking about like 2015, 16, Myers was telling me about Ethereum early on. He's like, yo, you got to buy Ethereum, ETH, this is how much it's going for. My brother was telling me about Bitcoin in 2016. So I needless to say, I've lost a lot of money. I don't even want to check to see how much it is. Enough that I can afford to lose it. Obviously, you only... It's like gambling, right? Like I, I knew this yeah. is this is like this is blackjack. You probably money. made a, if you were if you were investing in two thousand. I don't know if you invested in two thousand sixteen, but you probably made a lot too in that span. I got in in seventeen. I, I didn't listen to my brother right away. Um, he used to say I made a few dollars and I lost a few dollars, but I don't check right now. I'm just I'm just kind of. I don't blame you. I mean, I'm not checking my four hundred one k right now, but um... passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you are into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Like, I just didn't know, like, if it was something, like, players were, like, worried about, you know. I mean, you guys Probably all... depends on what's locker room, right? Dispenser Dinwiddie's of the world are very, very aware. I would say, like, the executive committee that I'm on for the PA, like, they know about it. Like, the 30 and ups, the 28 and ups in the league, they know about it. Some of them have yeah. invested, some of them haven't. I got a lot of calls from players that, are, that aren't that are born in, in 2000. I'll put it like that. All the, yeah. the 90s babies were calling and, like, asking questions. Yeah, because I feel like, you know, one of the things when you get older, you, you, you're trying to invest your money so it can, like, there's an NFL, ex-NFL player who played like more than 10 years in the NFL that I sometimes play golf with. Um, uh, and he put his money in uh, franchises. Um, he owns a bunch of Dunkin' Donuts. Um, but I feel like that's a lot, you know, a lot of pro athletes do franchises, but I feel like recently maybe, you know, crypto is cooler. It's, you know, franchises, you got to work real hard. There's profit and loss. You know, so, I mean, and certainly the NBA was totally into it, man. I mean, you know, there's a bunch of owners who had a bunch of money in it. And I know about, you know, there were, there were, there were groups that were getting money together to buy teams because they all of a sudden had all this money from crypto. And now like, I'm not so sure those ownership groups are still viable, you know? So. It's crazy. I made a lot of calls to uh, some of the wealthier people that I know to inquire about crypto because i wanted to know how serious it was because it's obviously like the quick rich, like the get quick rich scheme like it's prevalent in america right like we all want to get rich quick as quick as possible or gain more wealth so when i heard like you know some of my friends and teammates and friends from where i grew up at buying crypto i was like wait a minute like let me call let me call some people who would really it would really intrigue me if they were buying crypto and they would, you know, jokingly say like, I do own some Bitcoin. I do own a little bit of Ethereum, but it's more of a case study. They would say like, it's more of a case study for me to kind of see if it's really going to work out or their kids, they're buying Doge, Dogecoin or whatever it is called for their kids. So their kids can learn about trading. It was like more of an educational component to it. And that's how the, you know, the elite of the elite kind of looked at it. And yeah. I was like, okay, if this is a training seminar for them, then I shouldn't put a lot of money into this. And that's kind of how I approached it. I put a little bit of money in to see if I would make any, and I was comfortable with losing it all um, if that was if that were to happen. Well, I do remember uh, you did recently sign a very lucrative contract extension. I'm not going to worry about you, CJ. I'm not going to worry <laughs> about you. I should be financially uh, stable for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the wine, the wine's gonna, you know, it's gonna 10x as they as they say. Um, I'm well, sorry. It's a really it, stupid I'm, two days from now when crypto just shoots right back up the roof and just. <laughs> I hope it does. <laughs> and this is released. <laughs> I'm selling. I'm getting out. <laughs> Take There's my capital your, uh, gains and get out. There you go. 
All right, I want to talk about some fun stuff. Sorry, Izzy, I'm stomping all over Please. you. Please describe to me, CJ, if you don't mind, Paul Allen, the late Paul Allen, his house, where I'm sure you probably had to have visited at least once. So may Mr. Allen rest in peace, first of all, great man. Um, I love the way he rooted on his organizations. I love the support that he gave us. Uh, we always knew where he was going to be sitting. He had, the, he had the jacket. And I always thought to myself, does he have a thousand of these jackets or is it like a, <laughs> is it like a cartoon superhero closet? You know what I mean? Where you just have, like, it, was like, it was an old, old, like it was like a button up jacket, like an old, like you'd have in the eighties. Right. Yeah. But he consistently wore like, it's a color schemes, but he had like the same kind of color schemes. And I just thought to myself, I wonder if he has like a thousand of these jackets because it was a cold blooded jacket, but he always, he always wore it, but may he rest in peace. I never actually got to go to his house, but I did oh, hear no. some great stories about his home first of all there was like a an outdoor like lift almost like a ski lift but not a ski lift that would take you from one part of the house to the other to like another part of the house <laughs> obviously the technology was was off the chain and um, he had a recording studio there that dane used to use and record um when he was in la and nico actually told me about a time in which he threw a party on at one point in time he had the the second largest yacht in the world maybe and he I threw... think he had like the second largest and like the sixth largest at the same time. I think yeah. something like that. Yeah. Well, Nico told me about a time in which he, this is he... Nico Harrison, formerly of Nike. Now, of no, 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 no. Nicholas Batum. Oh. oh, Nico Batum. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking. Out... I was thinking Portland Mafia. There. I'm sorry. Shout out to Portland Mafia. <laughs> Shout out to Nico though. Coming up and and going from Nike to to the Dallas Mavericks. Big fan of Nico. But he, um, Nicholas Batum, told me. I think it was. Right around the time he was signing extension, so a long time ago. Like think about like Wesley Matthews, Robin Lopez, like young CJ. He tells me about a time in which Mr. Allen invites him on the yacht and he throws a party and Mr. Allen begins to play the guitar. I didn't know Mr. Allen played the guitar early on in my career. So later, like he's a really good guitarist. I mean, he rest in peace. He was a really good guitarist. And Nico said he threw one of the best parties he's ever been to in his life. And you're talking about a guy who's you know French, who's played in France, who's traveled the world, well traveled, and you know they know how to party in Europe. Said it was one of the best parties he ever been to. And Mr. Allen, like when he was playing the guitar, he was like a completely different person. You know, he's very introverted, very quiet. Um, when he's playing the guitar, you could see another side to him. He said it was a really cool moment and one he'll never forget. And obviously the party was sensational. That house sold earlier this year, the one you're talking about, Brian, the one that sold for 45 million. Goodness. He's gracious. got like he had like 20 houses, but his one in Seattle, I was thinking maybe you must have. Uh, okay, I'm looking at one in LA. Never mind. No, well, I, yeah, I mean, to the I one. Don't... Yeah, well, maybe, you know, listen, it, who knows when the Blazers are going to sell? They may not sell for another 10 years, CJ. Maybe you can get in on that ownership, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to need this Bitcoin to really hit. Um... <laughs> Just I said get in. I didn't say lead. You can get okay. in. Yeah, I would love to get um, in. All right, I'm sorry, Izzy. Um, so you're in uh, San Antonio right now. What are your favorite hotels that uh, in, in the cities? You know, you guys stay in some nice places. Mm -hmm. um what are your what we like where do you like oh yeah i'm looking forward to going to that hotel they're all you know it's funny now that they're all generally really really nice and then you go to memphis i just had to say that <laughs> um <laughs> sorry i just had to say it um step your game up memphis <laughs> they got a newer hotel i think we're gonna stay at like a hyatt regency or something like that but Did you stay at the one with the ducks in memphis you don't have to say their name but you stay at the one with the ducks no, but I've heard about okay. that one. Yeah, we stay at the one, uh, like Weston, right on the corner where there's a Starbucks. It's right across the street. It's right. You can walk the to the arena. arena. Um, I got some wild stories about that, but I'll, I'll save that for another day. But, um, the new hotel that we stay at in Philly is really nice. It was recently built. It's, um, uh, I forget the name. Maybe it's the Four Seasons. They have a spa on like one of the top floors where you can kind of overlook the city. The rooms are like apartment condos. It reminds you of New York a little bit, where like you get like larger room almost like condos um in philly that's always nice great room service i like where we stay at in chicago because of the shopping i'm like a shopping guy food guy so i just need to be close to food or close to shopping and if not i need to have like a reasonable postmates situation um cleveland ironically i'm gonna say cleveland but bear with me i'm saying cleveland because it's close to home but also i like to play blackjack so it's easy for me to walk to the casino. Um, it's Dan Gilbert's hotel. I, he sold the casino, but it was his hotel. 
Yeah. Yeah. Easy for me to get to the casino. I'm a big Miami guy. I love Toronto. Um, we used, we once they have the how aggressive are you on blackjack? Like, are you are you a buy the book player or are you are you hitting on 17? Obviously, it depends what the dealer has, but like I'm a buy the book guy. I won't play with strangers. And if I if I'm about to sit down with a stranger, mm. I ask them first, do you play by the book? If, if they don't, I won't sit down. Mm. I um wow. I'm I split when I can split. When I'm supposed to split, I split. I double. Almost every time, if it, if if the book says a double, automatic double, uh, for me, and generally speaking, if I win two hands in a row on that third hand, I'm probably doubling what I'm what I'm gambling with. No Five craps for either of you guys. I mean, I guess one of these cities are talking maybe like Detroit, right? I'll side bet. But, uh, I'll side bet craps. What does that That's, mean? I'll bet depending on who's rolling. Like, let's say if you won't a, roll, basically, you'll just. Yeah, like summer league. Bet. Like let's let's pretend it's summer league in Vegas, right? Mm -hmm. I'll see who's 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 rolling. Usually, there's athletes there, there's coaches there, and if they historically are good shooters, I will bet with them. If they're not good shooters historically, what I do you bet got a little them. book? So I bet the field. What do you got a little book? Uh, uh, July 2017. Uh, this guy is a good shooter. I mean, it's the same odds every <laughs> time. There's yeah. always like there's nothing better than a a hot shooter at a crap stable. You just got to find it. Like it's, there's no like luck or whatever when i, I say like the shooter. guys who like do the same thing with the dice every single time right they line it up sometimes if they're going for an 11 they put like the six and they like don't line them up they sort of put them uh they cross each other right there if you've got like a routine right before you throw the dice i'm definitely rolling with you 100 percent. when i say shooter i mean like is richard jefferson rolling like uh like can he could the guy shoot when he plays so non-shooter got it non-shooter i'm <laughs> thinking like wrist isn't going to be the same minute. You're saying if the guy, <laughs> CJ, you're a really smart guy. This, this is blowing my brain. You're saying that if a guy's a good shooter <laughs> on the, the basketball motion. court, <laughs> yes, you're gonna go with him in craps. No wonder you don't play full time. I love craps. I love craps. I enjoy it. There's nothing more fun than being at a hot craps table, especially with friends. Yes. Some mm -hmm. of my favorite memories of gambling are at such situations. It just never happens. Like it's very hard to win, and it's it's so disheartening when like you know the point will be established and you'll put all your money out there, and the next point you lose, you don't even get a chance. I think there's a strategy though. There's a strong strategy, like an easy strategy for craps where you can play for a long time. You just say with two hundred bucks, start with the two hundred bucks, even a small amount. I'm talking like you know baby betters like myself. You can play for a long time. You just gotta stay away from the tempting parts of the table. This thirty to one over here, fifty. Stay away from all that stuff. Just don't cover the six in the eight, I'm and you're you, fine. Don't listen to either one of these guys talking about crap. <laughs> no, you definitely I mean, shouldn't listen to me, like hundred percent. But I did watch my brother win seventeen thousand dollars in the craps table, craps and nice. uh, roulette. And this is he might have started with more than two hundred. Professional gambler. He gambled all day. Like we were supposed to Eric? go out that night. Yeah, Eric, and he didn't go out. And he said, "I'm not leaving until until I until I take all the money that they have." And he was. He was a, he was on a roll and talk about a good shooter. I bet with my brother, and this is one thing I'll do, and I don't recommend people doing to do this. Right, I'll win. Like I usually play blackjack. I'll usually win, and on my way out, I find a roulette table where there's a bunch of red, and I bet on black. Uh, <laughs> you bet you bet all your winnings. You bet on black. Yeah, just because uh, mm -hmm. it's due. Because it's due. In man, my head, I hate it's that. Due. I love that because I've done that and it's worked, but I hate it because I've also done that and it's failed. It's the, it's the rush, <laughs> but it's also in my mind. I just won this money. This is free money now, right? This is going to be like Postmates money, depending on how much could be vacation money. It could be like Uber money. Like you don't know the amount. Like It could be $200 to let's call it $5,000. If I got $5,000, I'll probably put $2,500 on black just in case. You know, so I don't leave out with with nothing. But generally speaking, I generally win. And when I don't win, it's it's zero, double zero. And it pisses me off. I used to say that about roulette. And then I just went on a streak where I was like three or four times in a row. I was like, well, that was a fun story. While it lasted, I can no longer say that. I'm done with that game. <laughs> I am now understanding why CJ bought Bitcoin. I'm just going <laughs> to say that. I'm just going to say that. I'm a gambler, man. I'm, I, I get. I play a sport where they said I had no chance of making it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to dedicate my life to this. Listen, I do respect that. I mean, we don't. I, people know your history, but like, I do respect that. Um, like, I mean, if I told you when you were a junior or senior in high school, you wouldn't. 
you would never believe this problem. Well, maybe you did. Maybe you believe you could have done. Yeah, you know, I find that about pro athletes. They I thought I was going to make it because I had irrational confidence and I had this unrealistic belief in self after seeing someone do it. Like I got to see Eric Snow. I got to see Keith McLeod. And I said to myself, if they can grow mm -hmm. up in the same place with the same resources, I have more resources because I can talk to them. I can ask them questions about how you got here. They didn't have someone they could lean on, right? They were the first to do it. Obviously you had Gary Grant, but they were like some. He's first talking about NBA players from Canton, Ohio. That allowed me to really believe that it was attainable. And I was like, if I can work harder than everybody else and get lucky, I'll have a chance. If I can go to school for free, I'll have a chance. And I started doing things and I was like, damn, I, I really got a chance. Like you started to like, I didn't believe it, but like, I kind of believed it. And then I was like, damn, I might really be able to get to the league for real. Damn, I might be able to stay in the league. Damn, I might be able to make some real money in the league. Like, damn, I really belong in the league. Like it went from like those processes to like, now nah, I feel like when I go back and talk to kids, I'm like, look, you, you should dream unrealistically, like have unrealistic expectations of yourself and then just work for it. And if you fall a little short, give it your all. All right. So this is the last thing I'm going to ask. And then you guys can have it back. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I like where we're at right here. I have almost never seen anybody like Zion Williamson, his athleticism. It's not like I'm saying anything breaking. His athleticism absolutely is breathtaking. Even when you look at guys like with super athletes um, that you see in the NBA, because the athletes in the NBA are just like, I mean, like during my career, I've been in, in uh, I've covered baseball. I've covered football. You know, I've seen some stuff you don't quite see anything like, you know, maybe there's some track stars who, who's who I've seen run so fast. You can't possibly believe somebody can move that fast. But Zion is the top 10th of a percent on the top 10th of a percent CJ. And I just want to know how often, or if you can remember any time where he's like dropped your jaw, even if it's in practice or whatever, because I, like, I, I think we should have like double the amount of pellet. And I know it's like a risk for ESPN, and TNT to have Pelicans games on because Zion has been hurt. But like, I we should be bending over backwards to get this guy on more. And he should be a big, he's a star, but he should be even a bigger star. And I just want to know, like, you know, like I, I, I've seen Russ do some stuff in the facility in Oklahoma City during, like after practice that like is one of the most amazing stuff I've ever seen. So I can imagine maybe you've seen some stuff with Zion. I think two, two things I've seen, right? Because I played against him. So I had this, expectation of what he was like and i kind of remember because it was a little while ago it was like pre-covid and then i see him working out i see him lifting i see him kind of you know how z is he the way he moves it's methodical he's just jab mm -hmm. jumpers you know doing layups like you know sixth grade layups where he doesn't really jump and then the switch <laughs> comes on you know what i mean it's like all right like i get it like he, he can score like he can pass he's athletic like how does he like how is he so good you know what i mean like i'm just looking at him like how how is this how is he a planet like you know like planet i mean like the solar system right you got you got your planets you got your stars you got the sun like he's a planet like he moves he moves along like the solar system he moves it right like when he's on the court gravity four people come to him and then i watch the switch come on spins off somebody left hand finish spins off somebody again pass to the corner shoots a layup before he hits the the ground he's jumping again dunk I, like you know the second jump is crazy second jump is oh my god it's incredible because he lands because he lands it's probably one of the reasons why he's in danger of injury because he lands on two feet so he's like instantaneously ready to go back up it's crazy his second jump is the craziest stuff i've ever seen in my life and you're talking about i've watched dane dunk on seven footers i had greg brown on the team like i've seen some real athletes like his second jump it's crazy, but let's talk about his first jump. So the, the most I've seen like some really impressive things from him, right? Like in practice, probably the closed door stuff. Like when he's just messing around, he throws the ball up and then he just goes and like threw his legs off the backboard and like the floor moves. I've never seen the floor move when someone jumps like a normal NBA floor. It gives me superhero vibes. Like, you know, when a superhero like charges yes. take off, like and the floor kind of moves. I've watched Z jump and the floor literally give to him. Like he's that forceful, that explosive. Like when he when he ripped his shoe at Duke, I didn't understand it. And then I watched him jump and I said, I see I ripped his shoe. But back to the play. We do a lot of um um 
time and score situations with Willie, right? Like he's big on execution down the stretch. So we'll put time on the clock and go through side out of bounds plays. We'll go through down three, up two, down one. We're going to get fouled. Like who's going to shoot the free throws? Side out of bounds, down uh, down one. And we'll scrimmage and kind of do it, like play it out. So we had a setup scrimmage. ESPN was actually there, I think, recording. They, I think they have this on video. They were recording our practice and training camp. And it was like one of our last practices before the season starts. So like the intensity was revving up. Like guys are playing playing a little bit harder. It's getting a little bit more physical. Now guys are diving for loose balls. Now we're running for losses. Like, it matters. Guys competing for spots. We got a deep team. Getting chippy guys ready to fight. Like, all that stuff. Starters are down one to, like, you know, our bench is one of the best benches in the league. We're down one, side of bounds. Coach draws up a play. The, the ball is close to half court, first of all. Terrible pass. I think Herb throws it. It's one of the worst passes I've seen ever. Bad pass. He goes full extension. Remind you, Jackson Hayes, one of the most athletic players you'll ever see in the league, could dunk through his legs at 4 a.m. after a night out in Vegas if he wanted to. Like, he's that explosive. Like, it's, it's un- like we got some of the most explosive players, Trey Murphy. They can, they can do every dunk you've ever seen on TV. They can do them. Jackson Hayes running start jumps. He's up pretty high. Like, let's say he's at the mid-square. Zeke gets a little bit higher. The pass is so bad, Jackson can't get it. And Jackson's a seven-footer that can touch the top of the backboard. He goes full extension from half-court. The half-court pass, full extension, comes back, dunks it at the buzzer. We win. And we all just looking at him. He And he was like, damn, that was pretty high, wasn't it? <laughs> like, because he couldn't tell. He just, <laughs> he just jumped. He just ran and jumped. When he threw the pass, I said, damn, we just lost to our – we just lost to our, our bench. He's not going to catch it. He full extension dunked it. And it wasn't a soft dunk. It wasn't a fingertip dunk. It was like a forceful boom. And I said, yep, he's back. He's ready to play just in time for the season. Like He uh, caught an alley in one of your games. I think it was a half-court alley. I don't even know who passed it. I can't remember. It was the last four or five games. And it, oh, Was that you? That was yeah. you. That's right. It yeah. was I, – I, and – I thought at the time you put it in the right place, obviously. I just didn't think he was going to get there. And it was just – it was amazing. He's an unassuming jumper. I threw him a bad alley last night from, like, three-fourths court. And it was beyond top of the score. And he almost got it. And the only reason he didn't catch it, I said, damn, I threw that too high. He said, he said, it wasn't that you threw it too high. He said, the velocity was too quick. He said, I was still rising, and the ball had already hit the backboard. He said, but if you had just took a little bit off, like the line drive, like not threw it as hard. He said, I would have caught it. And I thought to myself, damn, I threw one of the worst alley-oops ever. And he didn't say it was too high. He just said, you threw it too fast. Like, I couldn't, like, my momentum didn't get up there in time to catch the ball. And I said, this is the craziest athlete I've ever seen. But then he's nimble, but then he's quick. He can spin. Like, the way he plays is like, I said, he's like a, he's like a, a running back with, with, with athleticism. Like the thickness, but then like he's strong, but then he's sturdy, but then he can spin off and then finish in between two guys. It's not like he's clumsy, like he's not kicking cans over, like when he's doing footwork. Just like he's got great feet. It just uh, like like Katie said it, like it doesn't make any sense. Like Charles Barkley was big and athletic, but it was different. Like you got these guys that were big and athletic, but he's just different. They would. But everything that happens to him, like even the moments like the shoe thing, like that's not something that happens to people, right? The three-pointer that he blocked at Duke from the lane, like Jesus, like it just blows your mind. Um, right. You talk about there's video of him, I forget where it was, where he was practicing, where the ground moves, the basket, you can see it wobbling as he's landing on it. And the one play in Summer League where he just rips the ball away from that other player like he's a child, like he's already shown you he is otherworldly and it's just a matter of just keeping them on the court and you're probably going to get those like those closed doors uh mo- moments just a lot more often yeah i absolutely he, he agree. I mean, like in front a, of everybody he also seems like he's got a great personality you know he was away from the media so much cj first off his rookie year was in the bubble so like the media was the way then the second year you know um the media couldn't be around him and then all the injuries and then when he was Injured, like they kept him away from the media. And I know that was like a family decision or whatever, but he's got this incredible smile. And like he's got like a Shaq smile. You know how Shaq has a great smile? He's got this great smile. It feels to me like he's got a great personality. I just don't know if the country has seen it yet. And I just feel like as big of a deal as he is, I think he's barely scratched the surface of what he can be as a marketing guy for the league not only doing good stuff for the pelicans 
but just for the and I and I and I kind of wanted yell like let him go, let him go. You know he's a grown man. Let him go. Um, because I just feel like you know um you know I covered that series you guys had with the um with the uh, Suns last year. I did the whole series and um was you know why I where I just fell in love with uh like like all New Orleans with uh, uh Grand Theft Alvarado who oh yeah just literally got up under Chris Paul's skin in a way that just made me laugh um but I was there opening night be- before your the trade you brought you there uh I was there to see the 76ers cuz Ben Simmons was going to play but he didn't um and uh then I was there for the last game of the season, obviously when the season ended, the night and day difference of how engaged the fan base was, was crazy. And I like Zion was coming. And uh, like, I honestly believe like the, and I'm not just saying this, the, he could be just like this incredible thing. It just the country hasn't experienced it enough yet. And I, I mean, I can just tell by the way you're talking about him. You probably feel similar, I guess. I agree. I think one of the things I, I didn't know what he was like, right? Like, I had played against him, but I didn't know what it's like to be his teammate. The whole thing happened with TNT where I said, no, nah, I haven't talked to him. And then he reached out and we began to talk. And then he came back to New Orleans and our lockers are right beside each other. So then I got to talk to him like every day. And then on the, on the buses, we sit together. At team dinners, we sit together. So I was able to really kind of pick his brain and see what he was like, but more so see where he was at and kind of meet him where he was at. And one of the things I said to him at the end of the season, because if you know me, you know I'm very blunt. And I think my teammates can attest to this. Like, I don't, if I think it, I say it. Like, it's just the way I am. You might like it. You might not like it. But now you know where I stand. I said to him, I said, you're, you have such an infectious personality. You're happy. You're bubbly. Your teammates like you. The organization, everybody likes you. Everybody is happy to be around you. You have a great presence about you. And no one knows it because you don't want the media. I said, look, I don't know what the plan is for you. I don't know when you're going to come back. I'm not telling you. You should rush back. I broke my foot three times. I know what that's, that's right. Like. I know that. I didn't even think about that, CJ. That's right. I broke my foot three times. I said, I know exactly what you're going through on the physical side of the rehab and the mental side. I said, I don't know what it's like to be a planet because I'm just a little baby star. <laughs> like, I don't know what that's like. I can't speak to <laughs> the satellite. pressures that you you're have. You're a satellite. I, was like, I, was like, I can't speak to like what you're going through on the global scale of your brand and who you are, but I can speak to what it's like to not play and to be frustrated and to go through depression and go through anxiety. Like I've been there multiple times. Like I was having an all-star year and I break my foot. Like I get it. So like I understand, but I said, you can't keep hiding. Like you have to speak to the media. They need to see how you feel. They need to see that this has bothered you. They need to see that you care about New Orleans. They need to see that so that they can feel the same way that we feel. And I said, they will love you. They just need to get a chance to know you. And I think he's slowly starting to open up and he's slowly starting to see his interviews where he's asking questions, he's engaging. But I think part of it was that it was hard for him to be around because he wasn't playing and he loves the game. Yeah, so one of those things, it feels like he's waiting to sort of, this sounds crazy to say, but like prove himself, meaning that he could stay out there and then he can go ahead and like speak for himself and have everybody like hear what he has to say. Whereas there seems to be just more, not necessarily negativity, but just question marks around him more often than there should be. And, you know, early in his career. Yeah. Not to ask you to speak for him, but it feels like you can get a good sense of it. I think he's quiet. He likes to move in silence. Even if you look at his Jordan commercials where it's like, where's Zion? Like, I think that was a play on like the fact that he just he didn't talk to media. He was not really seen. He doesn't post his workouts besides when they leak like him dunking through his legs and the floor moving on. Like he's got a new shoe. I do out. think he posts his workouts sometimes, CJ. That was what he was doing. He was posting his workouts to try to browbeat the team into letting them play. That's okay. You don't have to say it, but that's what he was doing. Allegedly. Um, that's what happened. I think that was just leaked on accident where it was a, I think it was on his IG. (laughs) His his athleticism was coming back and he just wanted to show people like, look, like I have been working out. Like I am, I am taking care of myself, but I think we're getting to that point. Like you said before, I think we should have more TV games. I think we will. I think our product is shifting the way we play. Like it's a fun brand of basketball. You've been in New Orleans. The city loves the energy. Jose, the way we play, B.I. is a star. He's getting better. He's so good. I mean, he, he, his, his, I'm not surprised he's not as popular because he's just low key, but like that dude, he's got, I it. mean, indefensible, indefensible, he's unstoppable. And one of the things we talked about, I said, BR, I worked out with KD. I worked out with a lot of these guys. Like 
me and Dane worked out almost every day. Like, I said, the way you work, you're going to be great. I said, but you can't be afraid to step outside your comfort zone of you as a basketball player. He loves the mid-range shot. I said, I love your midi too. I said, but brother, if you shoot threes, it'll unlock another part of your game. It will unlock the midi. It will unlock you getting downhill. And it's less on your body. Like, you don't have to bang. You just dribble up like KD, and you just rise up and shoot a tray. Like, it's effortless. It's easy. It doesn't take a lot. And he's shooting more threes this year, and he's actually working on it with Freddie V, and he's working on off the dribble threes. He's working on stop behind threes. And he's shooting, like, 46 from three. High difficulty joints where he's rising up over people like KD does. And you're just starting to see, like, him move the game like chess. It's like, ah, oh, okay. Let me get Zia touch. Oh, C eight shot in a while. Let me get see a shot. He's currently oh, at forty eight percent from three, and he's shooting. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play, and boom! Anejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. 4.3. A game, yeah, which so, is more than he, what he normally would shoot. Yeah, he had a, a couple of years before you got there where he shot a lot. Didn't seem like he was shooting them particularly uh, well. I mean, it's just below forty percent, but I mean that leap is ridiculous. Like to get, I, I know it's early in the season, but still, like forty-eight yeah. percent at any point in the season is a huge number. Yeah, and he's still shooting well for midi. He's still getting to the rim, but it's just like like you said before, he's just so low key. But you talk about a basketball junkie guy who's lifting on game day landing in this city he's got to work out like he's he's got a lot of those mm. those kobe isms in him in terms of work work ethic and, and preparation like a lot of that kind of rubbed off on him for sure i've always thought he could yeah. also because his arms are so long a little bit like jason tatum just sort of sweep through and draw more fouls because i think he can get up to like nine or ten a game probably i hope the refs are listening yeah, I was gonna say, did haven't you heard CJ's been waging a war? Who knows what he's been saying behind the scenes right. about how the Pelicans, you know, the referees have a have an agreement to to screw the Pelicans. Haven't no, you, I didn't say that. No, 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 that's, 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 a, that's a, a I didn't say you said that. That's a final Other people offense. said that. That's a final <laughs> offense. I said that we played against the Boston Celtics, and there was an entire quarter where a foul wasn't called. And you've watched the Boston Celtics play; they're extremely physical. On yeah. the ball, off the ball. And that's not even about me. I, I shoot jumpers. I get it. I ain't shot a free throw in two games. Whatever. Zion lives in the paint. He should be shooting more free throws. I watch games where guys who aren't nearly as physical get lots of free throws. I'm not going to say their names. You know who they are. All I'm saying is that for a guy who takes most of his shots in the paint and is very physical around the basket, he should go to the line more. Hey man, he I respect you saying it. That's that's part of your job. When they traded for you, they traded for a lead guard, but they also traded for a voice, right? And yeah. like you defend your teammates, like you should do that. I respect it. I respect it. Um, so long as it doesn't I'll, cost you any money. I would say that 
you know, the, the, the Pelicans were rumored to be like loosely in the sweepstakes for Durant at one point, even though it's now clear that they were never going to trade him. Me personally, my personal opinion, I'm not saying he's better than Durant. I would not trade Brandon Ingram for Kevin Durant. I wouldn't do it. I'd rather have Brandon Ingram and him going forward at his age. That's how much I respect him. There was that one game in Phoenix, right? Was it what game was that, CJ? Was that game two? Game two game in two. Phoenix? Game, game two, he went bananas. We won game two. Um, it was one one going back home. Uh, and then he had another game where he was in he was just in T Mac prime yeah. T Mac mode. Like the the Suns are a great defensive team. They were at the top of their their game at that point. He, I mean, I already wasn't like I didn't know who he was, but I watched him in the playoffs. Three from three, 11 rebounds, nine assists, one steal, one block. That game would make me say he is untradeable for anybody. I mean, okay, maybe Luca. Sorry, CJ. Maybe if they got to get Luca, I would put him in there. But I saw him, and that made me believe that if there's a game six clinch opportunity on the road or a game seven, he's got it within him to do that. And you're right. He's he. I, you wouldn't call him a planet, but whew, I just he's getting I in planet territory. He is yeah, getting man. in planet territory. I, I mentioned it on the pod. I think the first second one we had, where I, uh, the first I think it was your first game of the season, where I sent uh, CJ a text that said, "Man, Bi is looking more like KD than KD right now." And by the end of the year, he might just remind everybody of KD or even well, KD's having a great year. <laughs> he is. He is. It's different. Year. It looks different. But I mean, Brandon Ingram is just so fun to watch. Yeah, and yeah, it takes K's a lot K's for K's me to praise 30. someone from Duke. It takes a lot for me to praise someone from Duke. I'm gonna tell you I that hate, right now. You, you know, if I hate anything, I hate Duke. So I get it. Right, Brian, I got you know a what? lot of Dukies on my team. Mike Shashevsky, I, I I worked, I covered him for years with Team USA. Did you you play for Team? Did you play for Team USA, CJ? I think you did. No, I did not. I um, I was cut on the 19 and under or 20 and under, and I didn't I didn't go back. That was it for me. I, I well, you should have. Uh, Shashevsky was nothing but great to me. He treated me with so much respect. I always appreciate how he treated me. I've done his radio show. I've talked to him for interviews on the phone. And I still just can't bring... <laughs> I got nothing but respect for Shashevsky. I still can't bring myself <laughs> to, to, to root for Duke. Can't do it. Just can't do it. Just It's just ingrained. Oh, Brian, so you... I got any questions out. You got any more questions for CJ? I'm sure you could probably pepper him for a few more hours. I mean, CJ's a busy man. It's okay. I've, (laughs) I've, I got, I mean, I, I could ask a lot more, but I won't. I won't. Most of my, um, intrigue, the things that I'm most intrigued by include, uh, Indiana, Sacramento, and Minnesota. So I'm going to go ahead and let CJ take over because I don't know if those are the most exciting, uh, stops (laughs) in the world, but, uh, let CJ take over. I think he wants to ask you and me a couple of questions. Yeah. I think, with us being 17 games in, as we record this, obviously, I think we'll be 19 or 20 games in by the time this comes out. I think it's always interesting to see how teams are playing, how fans are reacting, whether that's overreacting or not reacting strongly enough to poor performance or great starts. I think this is the time in the season where I want to ask, at what point do you look at a team and say, I can fairly judge them, right? Like the Warriors are eight and nine, still early. Like Sacramento's doing well. They've won six in a row. The Heat are a game under 500, two games under 500. Like you're starting to see teams play, but obviously injuries kind of change that. But I, I, at what point do you think it's fair for you to judge a team and say, I know this about this team? And I can safely say they are X. I think it depends on the team, you know? Um, like last year, I think the Warriors started like 18 and two. And like you could tell, like, oh boy, they're back. Because Clay wasn't even playing. And you were like, look out. Like, Wiggins looks, like, great. Steph looks great. Um, like, you could tell right off the bat. The Celtics were 8-8. Eight and eight. Started off last season 8-8. Eight and eight, Or maybe even, like, to 8-9 and nine at some point. Or 9-10 and 10 or something like that. And, you know, you just don't know. You just don't know. Um, some, I, think, I think you can tell whether a team is... Sometimes you can tell whether a team is legit. Like... Or not, you know, like you can say, "Oh my God, that is a, that is a legit team." But there's a whole bunch of teams where you just don't know. And I, I'm, you know, first off, right now, CJ, the whole league, the injuries in the last 14 days have been crazy. We were off to such a great start this year, scoring way up. I thought the product was awesome, uh, night in and night out. Um, 
really some great stuff going on in the league. It actually pains me. One of my big things is um, the every single night in the NBA, there's something awesome going on. And we and we in the media are guilty of it because I go on first take yesterday. And for the seventh straight time I'm on first take, the two topics are the Nets and the Lakers, you know. And so we're guilty of it. We also are responding to what people care about. I mean, I'd love to go on a long explanation on first take or on something else about how I think the Pacers are had just this incredible start to the season. They're 10 and six, but we are to this great start in the season and I was enjoying it night to night to night. And we just had all these injuries. I mean, there's multiple teams with multiple starters out. I think right now there's four, what I would call championship contenders are missing multiple starters, Miami, Memphis, Phoenix, and and Philly. And I may even be forgetting some and a whole bunch of more all-star quality players that are on the shelf, like Siakam. Dame is on the shelf right now. Middleton hadn't played at all. So um it's a really good question. Uh like I know I, I think the Bucks are like I think the Bucks and Celtics look pretty good. I really like what they're doing. Everybody else, I mean I the Rockets aren't going anywhere. I don't think the Lakers are going to be a serious contender at this point, the way they're constructed, maybe they can sneak into the back end of the play-in, but I don't have many opinions on teams, even though they say that, you know, the data historically says the team is what they are at 20 games. I don't feel that way this year. I don't know how you feel, Izzy. Yeah. It's funny because that's normally, I mean, 20 to 25 is my number. I know 25 sounds like a lot, um, but I think it's 20 to 25. And just historically talking to like coaches over the years, that's kind of a number that a lot of them land on. Um, I feel like it's, by that 20th game, I also feel like it's a little bit about the time of year. I know it sounds weird, but like when you go into the holidays and like the really committed teams, really good teams are going to come out of like um, out of that area, just really establishing themselves to me, I feel. And so um, I, there's the rare exception, like you have the Boston situation where it's, you know, a different coach and maybe just flip the right switch at the right time and boom, they went off or maybe, you know, a little bit of health as well. But um, I think it's about 20 something games, 20 to 25 games. And I think like right now, for example, you know, hey, Sacramento's good. Like Sacramento can score with anybody. And if they, you know, kind of keep this pace up, can be a playoff team, not just a play-in team. Um, you know, you, you look at, you mentioned the Miami Heat, like they're going to need an upgrade. Like they need some thickness with a couple of C's. And, you know, they need they need some some girth in there to really to, to, to get some rebounds and just make up for some of the stuff that they lost, P.J. Tucker, et cetera. I think you can make those assessments right about now. Uh, right about 20 games in and then you know that's where you sort of find whatever tweak you need to make by February and then you're good uh, if you can make them so I'd say right around just before Christmas you know 20 to 25 games that's fair I think as a player I look at the game in five five game seasons and you look at injuries and I think you kind of factor that into success of a team like for us Z's missed five or six games B.I.'s missed three or four games and we've still been able to be 500 or over 500 with them out. And I think that's a sign of a deep team. That's a sign of a good team. You talked about the Nets. You talked about the Lakers. You look at the Nets being able to be close to 500 with no Kyrie, with no Seth for a lot of it, no Joe Harris, like Ben kind of not being Ben. That kind of shows you that they have a chance to be okay. Like, I don't know how good they're going to be. I don't know what their season's going to look like, but I think I've factored that into a lot of different teams. You've got the Sixers situation with no Harden and no Tyrese Max. And I think that changes their team dynamic. But like you said before, Boston was under 500 at the halfway point. They hit the switch the second half of the season. I don't think many teams can do that. First of all, I don't think many teams have that type of switch. But I think the cool part is that a lot of teams this year, like you said before, are better than we expected. And there's more depth throughout the league than we've probably seen since 2014, which is a sign that a lot of these teams are utilizing their draft picks a lot better. They're waging trades. And that Pacer trade was an underrated trade that has benefited them. We played against them. And the way they play is definitely sustainable as long as that point guard stays healthy. Halliburton and Matherin, it might be like a pretty darn good backcourt for a while. And if if Indiana got lucky like that. The Pacers have won like four or five transactions in a row. And like nobody talks about it. And I'm guilty of it. I haven't talked about it in the Hoop Collective. I mean, we will hopefully soon. But like the pace, like if if your team is down and out right now, look at the Pacers, what they've done. Like they've, you know, they, they've, they've just done great. They've just, they've done great. So yeah, I mean, I wish we could spend some more time paying attention to that, but 
Um, but I, I also feel like the thing about, and one of the things I've learned, one of the grand things I've learned, CJ, about the NBA is my 20th season covering the league. There's always time. It's like one of my mantras. People listen to my podcast have heard me say this so many times. I apologize. Games are long. Playoff series are long. Seasons are long. And so, well, yeah, it's unlikely for a team that isn't like got its act together for a long period of time to do it. Like I've seen teams catch fire in March and make the conference finals. I've seen teams that have been down and out and get their act together. And that's why you watch that. I mean, how many times do we see playoff series that are, that look one way and completely flip around or, or, you know, games. I mean, that happens all the time. The length of the NBA of the length of the games and the season and the series make for incredible resiliency. And so therefore I'm always very, very, very careful not to speak in absolutes. My God in November. I mean, you could produce times when I've done it and say, you know, I'd be like, yeah, you're right. You got me. But I've learned that. I mean, if we could, if we come back and listen to some of the stuff we were talking about in November, in February, we will laugh at ourselves and think that we're idiots. I've seen that. Yeah. But the T wolves are done though. Right. <laughs> I think they're over 500 now, buddy boy. They are over 500. This. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what Rudy Gobert doing. Yesterday against Miami Heat, he had zero shot attempts, and I only had four free throws. And I think, and two of those were like intentional at the end. I, I don't see him. Sorry to go off on a tangent. I don't see them using him as a role man as often. It feels like they're just posting him up a lot. And there's a lot of these games where this is happening, and I don't know what's going on over there. It's not improving cats numbers. Really don't know what's going on in Minnesota. And in March, like uh, Gobert will be like, you know, player of the month. So, I mean, like that's, yeah. that's the NBA. Yeah. I'd, Sorry about I the agree. tangent there. No, I, I love a good tangent. I think the moral of the story is league pass favorites right now, Sacramento oh, Kings, okay. Pacers, who else, who else is a must watch on league pass. You can put the Pelicans on there since you think we should. I was going to say not to sound like uh, <laughs> not to sound like I'm uh, stroking uh, you over there, but I do think that I watch. I, def- I actually the other night I was very disappointed when I heard about the uh, the the Warriors not playing anybody because I might have been planning a night for myself watching that game. But uh, no, it's it's you guys for sure. The Pacers are going up there because Tyrese Halliburton. I don't know if you saw sort of around the back no look like bounce pass to the cutter the other day, uh, the baseline for a dunk. He is crazy entertaining like he he might you know make some floaty passes every once in a while but he's leading the league in assists a lot of fun to watch i gotta say the pacers are definitely on my list the kings are up there and the pelicans that's probably yeah my three faves i go with i mean i go with wherever uh the heat on the night is you know what i need to see for the night you know like uh so today is tuesday last night uh the the, the bulls played the celtics and the bulls were in a losing streak and Zach Levine had kind of called out his coach a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to see how the Bulls handled that that game. Now, that happened to be a good game. The Celtics have won nine in a row. But like that's a game that I wanted to watch. By the way, the Bulls played like one of their best game in weeks, broke the Celtics losing streak and, or winning streak. And so that's what I do. So, look, I mean, like if if the Pelicans are in a situation or in a game that like is either tight or there's some storyline, it doesn't really matter who's playing. Like that's that's who I'll go to. I don't know about you, CJ. Tonight, I know this is, this will come out later, but I'm definitely watching Ben Simmons return. Um, oh yeah, to Philly. So like I kind of like matchups. I like big moment types of games where it just feels like that's a big moment. I want to see how Ben responds. How aggressive is he? Does he shoot a three pointer? Like what are we gonna see? In would it be awesome? By the way, if like on his first possession, like they drew up a play. Like a like an elevator doors play for him, CJ. That would be like the greatest right. thing of all. I don't care if he it. it. It would just be so. And he awesome cashes it out. He looks into the stands. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my You're god. welcome. I can actually shoot. <laughs> I just been messing with you guys. But like, I like those types of matchups. I love like guard versus guard. Like, I want to see Giannis play against Joker. I want to see like those types of matchups. And then, you know, love watching Devin Booker. So like, I'm watching those types of games. I watch a lot of Blazers games, especially when Dame is playing. Um, for obvious reasons that I played there, but I also like a lot of the players. So there's just certain games or players that I gravitate towards wanting to watch. LaMelo Ball when he's not hurt. Like I like watching guys in new places. Like I sort of like Cleveland, watching more Cleveland than I have in a couple of years. And a lot of um, like 
Yeah, you guys play uh, at Memphis on Friday, and there's a it's Cleveland at Milwaukee at the same time. That might be a flipping back and forth kind of game. Yeah, that's kind of uh, how I all right. approach it. Well, we're I think we're at the end of our time here, CJ. So thank you for coming on this uh, no CJ McCollum show and Hoop Collective crossover. I enjoyed it. Maybe we'll do it later in the season. Travel safe. Most importantly, stay healthy. Good God, stay healthy. I know you guys work. People don't know how hard you guys work on your bodies. Um, thank you, Izzy. Everybody enjoy your holiday, even though you may be hearing this on the holiday or after. Thank you to our producers, Jackson and Adi. And thank you for listening. What is this, a crossover episode? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, go watch the show. It's funny. <laughs> I'll add it to my list. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for taking the time. Right, of course. Have a happy have, holiday, guys. Hope you guys have a great holiday and enjoy some time with family. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.